Hey everybody, what's up? How y'all doing? This is Man Versus with Devin, your host, and I have a good friend of mine who I've known since I first got to Kennesaw, Adeze. What's up, girl? Hey, what's up? I haven't seen you you since I graduated. I haven't seen you in a minute. It's been like a year. I don't go anywhere. Just I go to work. He's gonna work and back, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. It's unfortunate. So, where do you work? Um, I work at a large hospital in the area. You're in Kennesaw, you might know where it is. <laughs> Not going to disclose my workplace because it could be a little iffy. Yeah, we don't want no one stalking you or nothing like that. Please don't. But <laughs> <laughs> but um, you're a nurse, right? Yes. Okay, so can you touch on being a nurse? And, you know, just give the people your background and, like, uh, what exactly you do, you know, what made you want to be a nurse and things like that. Let's make it about you. Um, well, currently I'm a trauma surgery nurse. I've been that for like mm-hmm. a year and a two months, a couple of months. Yeah. Um, graduate from Kennesaw State with a bachelor's of science in nursing, mm-hmm. July 2018. Um, the reason I got into nursing is because, you know, I'm African. So um, it was more by force at the beginning. My mom is a nurse. My aunts are a nurse. Mm-hmm. I think a majority of my family is in the healthcare. And so my mom's like, you have no choice but to do nursing. I was like, I don't don't know about that. But Mm. I'm actually kind of grateful that I went into it because I honestly don't see myself doing anything else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think I could do anything else. But, uh, (laughs) um. Gotta be a nurse. Yeah. Gotta be a nurse. Um, I work on a trauma surgery unit, so I see a lot of crazy stuff. A lot of crazy stuff. Um, majority stab wounds, gunshots, Car accidents. I think car accidents I see the most. People drive really crazy, and they come with the worst injuries. A lot of drunk drivers hurt themselves and other people. Um, last week, we had a case where a girl came in. She was, so I guess her boyfriend took them on a high-speed chase, crashed the car, and left them. He was he left scotch-free, but left her and the other passenger in the car busted up. So what? So you live like an action movie life. Like and, this. This sounds like a TV. We need to have a show called a Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> like we had a lot of crazy cases. Like another one, some boy went to a party trying to be like you know Mr. Bad Guy, and he pulled out a gun. He was only seventeen. Pulled a gun during the party, and I guess he tried the wrong person. The guy flipped the gun on him and shot him in the stomach. Oh man! I was like, what were you thinking? He, it was real bad for him because he ended up vomiting blood everywhere. It was just, it was horrible. Oh man, what? Yeah. You live like so. This this sounds like an actual like you know you watch the TV shows. It's like we have a we have a patient with two gunshots wounds and we need yeah. ten cc's of of I don't know like I don't I don't know anything about medical stuff like that. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's crazy. It's crazy because like, and I'm actually glad I work on trauma a surgery unit because like I don't think I could work anything else. No offense, like other rooms. I mean, cardiac, renal, those are a little boring. Trauma like. You want the action. Uh, yeah. Like, you need to. <laughs> going through the patient's, like, H&P, like, history and stuff like that, like, you just see, like, it's, you, you read it and you be like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? I can't believe she's living this life. Really? I can't believe he's doing this. Really? You've been in two motorcycle crashes, motorcycles crashes in the last two months, and you still drinking and driving? Are you serious? And then you got a new motorcycle. Yeah. So, like, I see a lot of crazy stuff, and I, I mean... I don't think I could do anything else, but we also do get like regular like med surge patients, like the cardiac patients, renal patients, and those used to tend to be like um, old elderly patients, and those are my babies, my babies. So they're like students, kind of. 
No, or... they're o- older patients. Oh, like, they're, they're older like patients. The older, okay, like okay. with dementia, it just a little, gets a little scary at night. Oh, so you get a little angry. Okay, okay. Sundowning so. is real. You so can, it's kind of like a hospice, like you kind of like take care of them. Um, I wouldn't say hospice. They come in for like you know, prop like coming for problems, like problems that are like active at that moment. Like say they're going through acute kidney injury, um, like they'll come in for that. But they could be at like a nursing home and they had to come in re- immediately because they weren't you know, oh okay, functioning okay, properly or they were like too sick to stay at the nursing home. They had to come to the hospital, so we had to take care of them. Or we have like elderly patients that had stroke at their nursing home and they had to come. We have to take care of them. You know, old people are the funniest. I would say that. Okay, so like, are you like actually in the, um, you know, like the the auditorium or or theater? And they call it. It's called oh no, theater. that's like OR. Okay, that's yeah. It. I don't. Know oh, so that. you do like the initial like when they first come into the. Uh, no, I'm not an ED nurse. I come. They come from the ED and they come to us. Oh, okay, okay. okay. If they're stable enough, if they're not, then they'll go to trauma ICU intensive care where they'll be like intubated, all the stuff like that. But if they're okay. stable enough to, you know not need too much where they don't need to be intubated or need to be on multiple drips and they'll come to us okay okay so you just you just put me on game i didn't even know that I, i'm thinking like those are the same two nurses okay yeah. that's what's up no we okay. got a lot of different specialties a lot a lot you can do nursing is very like diverse you can do so much in nursing like you can be like a nursing lawyer if you wanted you don't even have to do bedside there's so many things you can do you can do like home health or you go to people's houses give them infusions um, do like wound care on them. Like some people have like really bad like pressure ulcers where they from sitting down too long or laying on their back bottom too long or just being contracted and having like their bony prominences like smashed together. So like they'll get like different pressure wounds and sometimes wound care nurses come in and clean those out. Okay, yeah, because my auntie she's a um, she's a nurse. Uh, she works at Emory. and she's one of the uh, head OR nurses. Oh, so wow. like yeah, she yeah, she does OR so. Yeah, she actually, uh, when I had my surgery, she I think she, like, was in there with me when I was unconscious. Oh, I'm not yeah. sure. It was pretty cool. But uh, but she's so high up now, like, I don't even think she really, well, times have changed because of corona. Yeah. But I don't think she's done much nursing anymore. She's more, like, in the hiring process now because, like, she's so, like, upper echelon. But she, you know, she got it hard for it, like, for years. But uh, I really want to talk on Corona though. Yeah, like I feel like <laughs> I feel like there's so much. I feel like there's a, every day there's a new Instagram video, every day there's a new Twitter video, or some viral tweet or some post we see on Facebook where the news is saying something. And I just want to get someone who I personally knew who I feel like you know is really really smart, way smarter than me about this stuff because you know, I'm just I'm just going off of what I hear like on a podcast or a YouTube video. And, like, even my auntie, she's telling me stuff, but she can only tell me so, so much over, like, a text. Because, you know, she's she's working, like, 13-hour shifts. Yeah. So, as soon as she gets off, she's going straight to bed. Then she wakes back up and goes straight to work. And I mean, yeah, you know about yeah, it. Yeah, that sounds about right. So. so, I just want you to spit some knowledge about corona and, like, like this, like this like debunk some of the myths that you've heard, that we've heard on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. Like, drinking bleach. What? I mean, if that was the case, we would have been using that in the beginning. So, like, we have people coming in getting, like, there there was some case about some guy giving himself a bleach enema. You have destroyed your insides. A bleach enema? Yes. Like an enema. And his reasoning reasoning was because, oh, the president said so. So that's why I did it. Well, now now you have chemical burns up your butt. So, I mean, what was the reason? What was the reason? (laughs) 
if that was the case, like if bleach or disinfectants were the cure to coronavirus, we would have been using it. But like this, this new strand of COVID, we don't know what it is. Like we don't, they don't know how um, to um, stop it. They don't know how to prevent it. Even some of the rapid testing they're doing right now, 30% of them are coming back as false negatives. Do you know how dangerous that is? So you, so like they're wrong? Like 30% of the cases are Yes. Oh, I feel like yes. that's super dangerous. I feel like that means more people are spreading it than they think. Yes. So that means 30% of the cases, someone could have it. Yes. Bruh, that's so, okay. And so we'll think they're not like, um, they don't have it. We'll think that they're good. Like they'll get the rapid testing two times and they'll both say they're negative. But like they're showing all the symptoms and everything. Down the road, they'll find out we have, they have it. They have to go to ICU. What about the staff that's been around them the entire time they've been here? And then they've probably like gone out, got some food, chill with family. Now you got to test the whole And then even even when you test the family, it's still 30% cases of yeah. could be wrong. Dang. So this is much worse than we think it is. Yeah, because the ICUs are packed. Like? Packed. Like with, full. Yes, with COVID patients. You go down there and it's like all like. The IV poles are all outside the room because, like, the nurses need to be able to control the drips at all times yeah. while without being able having to go in the room. And if the patient starts coding, they have the nurse has to like gown up completely before they go in there because if not, they risk getting sick. Because literally, if you start compression and the patient spits up, you're toast. So you got it. Definitely, so, <laughs> there's no way. So they saying that um, with COVID, like. It's kind of like the flu. No, definitely not. So it's not the flu. Because with the flu, like, you stay home, take some flu, drink some fluids, um, more take juice. some medication, orange juice, whatever. You know, after a while, it will, you know, the fever will go down. You'll be okay. You're not going to deal with any complications like kidney failure, possible stroke. You don't have to deal with any of that. People are going and having to deal with getting, having to deal with, like, um, dialysis while they're being intubated. Like, that's ridiculous. So, wait, COVID affects your kidneys as well? Mm-hmm. It's affecting kidneys. It's also affecting the clotting um, factors. So, you can definitely, you can possibly stroke out. Oh, man, you put me on game. I didn't even know that. Because, yeah. like, see, I want to blame the news a little bit, too, because, like, a lot of the news is saying, like, I've never heard of this from the news. They keep saying, like, oh, like, yeah, it's like a harsh version of the flu. Um, all you got to do is, like, you know, if you get it, stay indoors. You'll get, like, a slight fever or whatever. So, is way worse than what people are actually saying it is. Yes. For some people, it could present as a flu in them, except with the dry cough. Like, they could have the a low-risk version of it, okay. where they're not, their body's not really reacting too bad. They're, you know, have, they have a high fever, they're having a uh, bad headache, dry cough, all that, lack of, lack of taste, all that. Like, that's how their body's handling it react to it you know and then there are other people whose bodies are reacting to it and they're like extreme cases like shutting down yeah so you don't know like the best profession is to stay away like stay inside social distance you know be live a cleaner life but like some people don't get that because you don't know how your body's gonna react to it you really don't some people are healthy young healthy and the next minute they're dying from it because their body's like switch off yeah, see, like, my mom, she keeps freaking out because, 
you know, y'all know, like, I have heart problems. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Devin, if you get it, like, I don't know what I'll do, but like, you have underlying conditions. And even my friends, like, I have a group chat full of some friends that uh, have heart problems as well. Like, one guy, he's on um, uh, transplant medicine because he has a heart. Oh, like, yeah, he needs yeah, so he, his doctor actually, and I think it's so, like, I, I freak out sometimes because his doctor is like, you need to stop taking your, like, anti-rejection uh, medicine because, like, it suppresses your immune system. Yep. And, he, and his doctor's like, if you get it, like, he told him, like, he's like, 99.9% chance, like, you're going to die. So he hasn't left his apartment literally, like, in a month and a half. And he lives in Colorado. And he hasn't, yeah, like, it, it's it's crazy. Yeah. And so, like, even me, like, I like I try not to go out. Like, I mean, I go run on the street and stuff like that. But, like, I don't, I literally go to Walmart. I go to Walmart on Monday morning, early in the morning, make sure there's, like, 20 people there there's no one there i get my groceries for the week go back to my crib i'm set i ain't gotta go nowhere like i've gotten like i only get gas like once every two weeks and gas is super low right now yep. so super cheap I, i'm trying to do my social distance thing but it, it is kind of hard but also with covid I, I, what can we do like really to 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 stop the spreading of it because you know kemp just oh man i mean Social distancing is what's been working the best as of now. Yeah. Um, and making sure that you stay as clean as possible, wipe down surfaces, um, wash your hands. Please wash your hands. Please wash your hands. I'm still seeing people not wash their hands and touching everything. Wash your hands. You're at Walmart and you're touching fruit. You're touching everything. You're wearing gloves. You're touching everything. You're touching the stuff in your bag. You're touching your face. You're touching your cell phone. Yeah, so I think it's crazy, like, you know, because I got some arguments about starting my phone touching my phone and all that stuff and washing my hands. And I'm like, to me, it don't make no sense to wash your hands and touch your phone and then go touch your car and then touch everything else. So, so I feel like if you're going to really, you know, pee clean and stuff like that, like you get some gloves, you touch some stuff, then you get a new pair of gloves. Yeah. That's how it works. That's how it's supposed to be. See, that's keep going. Yeah. Cause if I do patient, like I, I'll try to remind some of my friends, like if I'm to go in the patient's room, I'm going to take care of, I'm going to put some gloves on. The phone that I have, that my little work phone, my little ASCOM, I'm not touching that if it rains. If I'm touching the patient, I'm handling anything that has to do with that patient, I'm not touching anything that belongs to me. I'm not touching my face, not touching my hand, not touching my watch. I'm not touching anything. Everything that pertains to that patient that can be touched. But once I'm done with that patient, I'm taking those gloves off, I'm washing my hands, and then I can proceed to touch my phone, my face, if I wanted to, and then go wash my hands. Okay, so you, you were saying that when... You know, you're a nurse and someone's coding. Mm-hmm. You said coding, right? Yeah, coding. Yeah. Okay. When someone's coding, I'm assuming that means something bad is happening because that don't sound good. But when someone's coding, you have to, you said suit up. What did you say? You, said you have to gown up. So gown up. So how do you, what is gowning up? How do you do that? Basically putting all the protective um, gear on that you need to put on before you go in the patient room. So like starting off before, like with the PPE, I would put on like a set of gloves. Um, after that, putting on a set of gloves, I'll put on my gown. Okay. I'll get my N95, which I had to get fitted for, place that on with my opposite hand, put that over my face, then get another surgical mask to keep that um, N95 clean because we have to reuse it. Put my face shield on, then put another set of um, gloves on, and then I can go into the room. Okay. So wearing all that, let's say a patient, like I I don't know because I'm talking out my butt, but let's say a patient coughs, like blood on you are you protected or are you screwed um for the most part you're you're protected i would also walk in with um i forgot about the hairnet 
and also some booties if they're available. But if they're usually they're not. So you usually just have your face shield. Um, I had a COVID-19 patient who coughed in my face, but I had the face shield on. So you was good. I was good. But okay. I was freaking out. I'm not going to lie. I went home and I was like, <gasps> <gasps> woke up, thought I didn't have a sense of taste. I was like, I can't taste nothing. I can't do it. I woke up. You was, was eating a mango. You was like, "Is this sweet? I don't know." I was like, I can't taste nothing. He was like, "Maka, come here. I don't know if this." I called my mom. I was like, "I got coughed on." <laughs> she was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I don't know." Yeah, that was really bad. Wait, are you? Are, you, are there other women in your family? Are they also dealing with um, COVID as well? Yeah. So everyone's dealing with it. Yeah, majority. I like majority of my family is in healthcare. Like, I have a cousin who is in public health. Um, my mom and her, her older sister are both nurse practitioners. My mom works in ED at, um, Grady. Oh, man. Yeah. So, um, she has seen a lot of it. She's like, it's really dangerous out here. My dad is like freaking out constantly. That's all he talks about is coronavirus. And I call him on the phone. There's a, you need to know this virus is very dangerous, very dangerous. I'm like, okay, daddy. Okay. I heard you. That's five minutes. That's all he's talking about. Anything my mom tells him, he's talking about it. He's calling my phone. Oh, oh, are you protecting yourself? I'm like, yes, daddy. I think I, I know. How I mean, to I think that's myself. a good father, though. That's a good dad. Like, he, yeah. he weren't. I mean, because he's I know, freaking out. Yeah, my mom is freaking out about everything. But I feel like those are just good parents. Like, yeah. they can't help but worry. Because I'm worried about my auntie. Like, cause, you know, she. And I'm, I'm just like the nephew. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine, like, how her sisters feel or, like, how. My uncle, who's her husband, like how he feels or anything like that. So I mean, I kind of, I kind of get it a little bit. Not really. Yeah. A lot of my family calls me and like freaking out, like, "Are you okay?" Like, family I haven't talked to in a while, like check up on me, like, "Are you okay?" Like, is everything all right? I, I you know, you're nursing, you work in the hospital. Like, how's everything? How's Corona? I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I mean, not taking only it that, one step at like, a time. Like, I mean, you're a, you're like a super nurse. You're not just like a normal nurse. You're like you're you're like in the muck of it. You're a trauma nurse, so like you see, that's that's probably really most of the things you see nowadays is like Corona. Corona, most actually, I'm seeing like what how Corona is affecting people. Uh, so like a lot of suicide attempts, we're getting a lot of that. Um, suicide attempts, people like sneaking out at night, um, and getting yeah, stuff. yeah, getting car accidents, people getting domestic violence, you know, a lot of that. So it's like I'm seeing how COVID nineteen is affecting people. Yeah, like that that was one of the bigger things that a lot of people worry about on uh social media and even like a lot of YouTube videos. They were saying like people who are like you can't cuz you know we're shut well, we're not shut down anymore, but when we were shut down, you couldn't go nowhere and you were living with your abuser. Yeah. Like now you got to go into the hospital or maybe because like you know he beat you up or you know she beat you up or whatever. And I, that was really scary for me thinking about it too cuz I was like, "Damn, like I know some girls who are stuck in a bad situation right now, and I was just like, I'm like I don't even. And the crazy part is like you can't even text them about it because they He's can't. They, like yeah, they can't hide their phone. Like they can't go out in public. So it's just like because if you text about it, he sees it. Like exactly. you already know what he's she's gonna toast. do, and she's toast. And I was like, ooh, like I, I wish there was a. I mean, but there's no way around it though. Like you can't go anywhere. If you go some, either you get it or you get sick. Stay home with your abuse, and I feel exactly. like exactly. Yeah, so it's like so a like, like black and white gray area. So like it's got to be some gray area. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So you get a lot of those like people are coming in depressed because they lost their jobs. Um, 
they're overdosing on pills. People are stabbing themselves, slitting their wrists. I'm like, please, please. Yeah, I feel it's gonna be okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a lot of people they like their lives are tied into like at least men. I don't know about women. Yeah, definitely. Like, like men's like our lives are so tied into like jobs and making money and producing for the family. And when you lose that, that's like fifty percent of your identity gone. So it's like you lose half yourself. It's like I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, yeah. like my kid's hungry. I ain't got no money. Like, sure, I got a thousand dollars from the government, but that only lasted like two, three weeks. So it's like, what do I do? And I could definitely see suicide and uh, like mental illness and depression increasing. Like, do you see a lot of that too, though? Like, yes, my patient last night that came in last night, he suicide attempt, multiple stab wounds. Um, stabbed himself in the chest several times, his lung collapsed, all because um, he lost his job, um, and he wasn't, like, he felt like he wasn't a man anymore. Yeah, that's facts. And so he was supposed to go and see a therapist, but the day he was supposed to go see the therapist, he ended up stabbing himself in the bathroom. Like, he had stab wounds all over his body. And he was like, he's like, even when he was on the floor, like he was telling us like he didn't want to live anymore. He's like, y'all are watching me because he has to have someone watching him 24-7. Yeah. He's like, y'all have someone watching me. Um, y'all not going to let me do nothing. I was like, we don't want you to kill yourself. Yeah, we don't want you, you to die. Like, it's our job you. to keep you alive and happy. That's what we we got to keep you safe. <laughs> and he's like, okay. So every time I go in there, check up on him, you need anything? He's like, no, I'm good. And I felt so bad. So like, before I left, I had to reassure him, like, this is just a tough time for a lot of people, some worse than others, but you're going to get through it, okay? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. His wife, like, she called this morning, and she sounded like she was, like, been crying all, like, night. Yeah. And so, like, I was just like, can I talk to him? And usually if, like, a patient is being, like, like a 1013, which is, like, suicide watch, mm-hmm. we can't, if they're on a police hold with it, then we can't let them, like, speak to any family. But luckily, he wasn't on police hold. Because he didn't try to attack anyone else. Okay. So it was only just him. Yeah. Okay. So And I, I kind of want to touch on that, too, within healthcare. Like, a lot of, like, I know for men, we have the highest suicide rate. And we have the most violent suicide rate. Like, when men yeah, kill themselves, like, it's not like, oh, well, he took some pills and we could possibly save him. Like, they shoot himself in the face or they shoot himself in the chest or, like, they stab themselves in the neck or something like that. Yeah. Like, why do you think, why do you think that is for men versus, because I know when women kill them, or, like, I'm not saying it's lightly for anyone that's going to get offended, but I'm saying, like, when women try to attempt suicide, like, why do you think it's more softer, like, they probably drink too much, or they might take a shot of bleach, or take pills, like, what do you think the versus is for that? I honestly, I can't even really tell you, because I'm not really sure. I just know, like, I feel like guys feed more into, like, this patriarchal society or standards that they, yeah. no offense, but y'all built that for yourselves. Like, yeah, y'all are hard on yourselves. So, like, if y'all weren't so, like, oh, you need to do this, y'all make up the rules. So, like, y'all, when some of y'all, some, someone cannot follow those rules, they feel like, yeah. oh, I failed at life. Yeah, that's fact. And so they get real hard on themselves, and they do, like, they just do some wild things like I have patients come in and they tell us oh I, he accidentally shot himself in the face he didn't accidentally do nothing that, I know that didn't accidentally <laughs> happen don't tell me that <laughs> you just were unlucky and you shot the wrong spot okay. yeah you wish you made it in the middle but you hit the side and, and now half your face nervous. is blown off come on 
which might lead to another suicide attempt. Thank you. Because now your face is messed up. You ugly. Now you can't get no girl, and you probably can't get no job. No. Yeah, that that is that is actually pretty good insight because, like, I know I'm really hard on myself about a lot of things. Like when I'm working out, or even when I was doing schoolwork. Like I would always come, and I I recently just stopped. Like in the past, like seven months, of comparing myself to like other. Like I'm not even gonna lie, other successful men, because I didn't really compare myself to other successful women, because I was like I don't really relate to them. Yes. But and like plus like a lot of men like do what I wanted like like a lot of photographers I follow or even people who just capitalist and just you know work with money or whatever like that. I will always compare myself to them. Like I'll be like, what am I doing that they're not doing? Like I, how do I get there? And recently, like I really had to stop. Like yeah, about seven months ago, I was like, you know what? I don't even care. And once I stopped, like, my life got so much better. Like, I was no longer just, like, I didn't care. Like, so when when I really be like, yeah, I don't care, like, I really mean it. Like, I really don't care. <laughs> but, like, I'm sorry. But that's really good, though. Cause, so, like, have you had any issues with that? Like, comparing, because I know you're Nigerian. Yeah. Sorry, no, it's tough. Like, so, I mean, Nigeria. <laughs> you, I grew up with, no offense to my parents, but, like, they they, they, they did good. But, like, I grew up with them comparing me to everyone. And, like, I feel like a Nigerian mentality is, like, oh, they see someone else doing something, so they have to point out, oh, you're not doing this. Mm-hmm. Oh, you see how so-and-so's daughter is doing? Mm-hmm. You need to go and follow example and follow her suit and do what she's doing. Like, mm-hmm. But, like, it, it, they don't realize how much, how much it does more damage than it does good. You constantly comparing me to other people, even when I'm doing good, it's like, okay, like, that means I can't do anything good. Like, it almost feels like, oh, like, I, if I try, 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 it's still not going to be enough. So do you think, like, it affects y'all's health? Like, do you think, like, it affects, because I don't know, were you there when KSU had the growing up African? Was I there? I don't know. It was like, it was like two and a half years ago. I think it and was. And it was in the, um, it was in the social science, uh, like, the big auditorium, not the one at the bottom, but the one, like, on the third floor or fourth floor and we yeah had, I, I, was I was there yeah and pretty much like all the african stood up was like yeah like i low-key kind of just hate my life because my parents x y and z did you get pressure into doing stuff like like i love nursing now but you, then in high school mm. like my parents telling me i was gonna have to do nursing i cried i was on my knees begging my dad i don't want to do this i don't want to do this i was crying i was like daddy i don't want to do this he's like he knows what's best for me. Others, he was naming other people's children that were doing it. So and so's daughter is doing it. Um, you see, um, Doctor So and So, his daughter's um in nursing school and she's thriving. And na na na. And you're like, okay, but I that's not for me. Like I don't want to do that. But to them, that's just like defying all their rules. If you just go against and you try and do something against what they want, mm-hmm. so like it's like growing up African, like they were just like forcing you to do stuff. Because it's how they just, how do I say this? They want to be perceived in a certain way in society. Image is everything. Yeah, image is everything for Nigerian parents or African parents in general. Like, how they look to outside matters more than everything. They can be the most dysfunctional family in the inside, but when outside, if they look great, oh my gosh. Like suit and tie with dress and heels and makeup on. That's all that matters. So. I feel like that's another thing that kind of separates black people from african people right like because in the black community like uh, like our health issues are less mentally related and more physically related because a lot of black people they be like 
you tell you tell your mom that you're going to college, like you can go to a JUCO or you can go to a tech school. You tell your parents that you're going to college, they jump in for joy. You tell, hey mom, I did my first semester, I made like four C's and like two B's or something like that. Sure. Your mom is lit. Your dad is lit because most of them didn't, didn't go to college. Yeah. So like our like like our mental health like with you know what you're talking about right there like I feel like it's really good in our community. Like, most thing that plague us is, like, you know, racism, cops killing us, all that stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of stuff, like, we be happy about, like, this. Like, and I didn't realize it when I was younger. Because th- to me, it's normal. Like, it's privileged. Like, it's super privileged. To me, they would be like, oh, you're doing so. They would give, like, people would give me money. <laughs> like, people that I've, like, people that I've never met before, like, older black people. I'd be like, yeah, I go to Kennesaw State. You know, I'm a junior. I'm going to graduate, like, in a year and a half. They're like, oh man, that's a good job, man. Here's 20 bucks, bro. Like, you're doing good for the community, blah, blah, blah. Must be nice. Man, uh, <laughs> is it that bad in the community? It would, I wouldn't say it's like bad. It's just me, I, that would never happen. Like, they don't praise you for going to school because something, going to school is something you should be doing. Like, it's something you should do. Like, you have no choice. Like, if you're not in school because, like, say that you, you're going through stuff, financial reasons, Nigerians and Africans in general will just, they'll find a reason to talk. Oh, she's failing school. She's not doing well. Um, you can even know the person. Like, oh, she's going through some stuff in life. What might see the mom, dad, or whoever could be like, what in life? What is so hard about life that you're not? You can't go to school. Then they'll bring up how many opportunities you have. You can take loans, all this stuff like that. But it's not that simple. You have to worry about your mental health first. See, that's see. I feel like, like, have you heard the saying, "The road to hell is paved in good intentions." You never heard that before? Yeah, like I've recently just heard it like a couple months ago from one of my cousins. I don't know where she heard it from, but I think like African parents mean well. Because like no one no one wants their child to be depressed. Like no one wants to wake up and like, dang, my daughter tried to kill herself. Dang, my son stabbed himself in the neck. Like no, I don't feel like no parents want that. Mm -mm. And I feel like your parents see what like they went through versus what y'all go through and they're like no like they can be better than us because like and i want to touch on this a little bit too like here versus nigeria right completely different you know what i'm saying like one don't get me wrong america got its issues we definitely got our issues but like here versus nigeria like you have more opportunities here it's probably a little bit easier you know, the currency is a little bit, well, yeah, the currency is a little bit better. A little less corruption. Yeah, a little less corruption. I mean, we still got corruption, but a little less corruption. It's not as visible. Yeah, it's not as visible. So, like, when your parents are going to Nigeria with all the stuff going on there, like, I feel like they're really trying to help y'all. Yeah, it was because my dad always tells us he wants us to have better than him, um, than he had. Because when he came here, he really, like, he went through it. Like, he, that guy, he, like, suffered to get where he is my dad has a phd but he went through hell in in nigeria no here he has here. A phd here okay um but he went through hell to get that so like he always tells us he doesn't want us to suffer like he did so he wants us to get and do opportunities that will ensure that we are successful in life he said there's no reason you should suffer yeah in this country if you're in nigeria okay i'd understand but here, there's no reason you should. I'm not going to allow you to, he claimed, ruin your life and allow suffering upon yourself. And I'm like, okay, I get that. But can I take a break? 
cannot breathe. Okay. So would you ever be a nurse in Nigeria? Yeah, I think I could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, it's a lot of, like I said, corruption. Sometimes the nurses and doctors aren't getting paid. Um, Wait, help, yeah. And that some of them will go on strike and they won't be getting paid. My mom was telling me about it. Um, with healthcare there, you have to pay up front before you, even anyone ever takes care of you. So yes. before you even get the surgery or like you the have broken to pay arm, up front. you got to pay that up front. There's no such thing as insurance. And if they, there is one type of insurance, but my mom was trying to explain it to me, but she didn't know too much about it. But for the most part, you have to pay up front. I have never heard of that. Yeah. So if you, so question, if you don't have the money, you're out of luck. You're out of luck. So you're just sitting there. There's nothing. Like so if you, so let's say I'm in Nigeria right now. Yeah. Let's say I'm in Lagos. Mm-hmm. I break my arm. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be like, okay, we need four hundred thousand naira. If I don't have that, they're gonna be like, get out the hospital. No, not even they will not won't necessarily kick you out, but you just be laying there like, like you just be like waiting. Yeah, essentially waiting until someone f- finds the money to take care of you. Okay, now let's bring it to America. Yeah, would that happen here? No. So let's say let's say we um, have homeless people hurting themselves all the time. They don't. They're not paying. So if I went outside right now, broke my arm, I was like, I need to go to. Like, You'd get Grady. You get surgery. And they'll, but I'll have to pay it later though, right? Probably later, yeah. Okay, so that okay that makes that makes me feel a little bit better because yeah. I started freaking out a little bit. You said I was like, what? I was like, is that how it's run here a little bit? I was like, man, I mean, that's tripping. We have like a lot of we have some patients like some homeless patients that are in like trauma incidents, like they get in car accidents or like they get hit by a car or they fall mm-hmm. off a building or stuff like that, and they have to go for like. Surgery um, where they have to fix their elbows, fix their legs, all that stuff like that. And they don't they don't pay anything. And sometimes we have to keep them in the hospital longer than usual because they have nowhere to go. Because we have to have somewhere for them to, some type of placement before we discharge them. Mm-hmm. We can't just discharge a patient and they don't have a home or a shelter to go to. We have to find placement before we send them, discharge them. Okay. So what, so... You being in, because you've been in here for a good minute. Like, I consider anything over a year in somewhere. Like, you've been in there. Like, like you're a vet. To me, you would be a vet. If someone told me they've been a nurse for a year, I'd be like, okay, you done seen some stuff. Maybe not everything, but I trust you to find this vein, right? Or do what you got to do or clean me up or whatever or open me up or whatever. How would you rank our healthcare system? Like, if you could compare it to what you know about other healthcare systems in the world, how would you rank it? Um, be honest like I really want you to be honest like because I, I trust you I'd, it could be better so I'd give it like a 6 out of 10? yeah 6 out of 10? Yeah. so what makes it a 6? like what do you think could boost us to like an 8 or a 9? because um, you're not going to find a 10 nowhere no a 10 is like people uh, like people be saying oh we could have the I'm like there's no someone's going to fall through the cracks it's going to happen so what do you think could make um, us like an eight or nine? More funding, adequate staffing. I've just we're always understaffed, especially at nights. And with that, with us being understaffed and doctors not really being around, it makes it really hard 
to take care of patients in like dire situations because mm-hmm. you're, like, you're freaking out trying to call everybody and people are asleep or they're on the other side of the hospital like doing other stuff because there's only so many doctors or mid-levels around mm-hmm. so we need more staffing we need more funding for more equipment there's only so many ventilators we have at our um at our hospital and with the increasing number of COVID cases, what are we going to do? We're going to have to start doing Russian roulette with it, where we're going to be like, oh, you you, you can survive, and I guess we pick you to survive, and we, you, I'm sorry, you got to go. You got to go. You got to go. So or they start outweighing, like, oh, okay, this mm-hmm. is an 80-year-old lady with COPD, um, bronchitis, history of asthma, mm-hmm. um, diabetes, um, end-stage renal disease versus... A thirty-year-old with ulcerative colitis. No idea what that is, but okay. It's within it's your tummy. So oh, okay, your your stomach. Your okay. digestive system's a wonka. So then, so you, you feel like our main issue is we could have some more funding. Definitely. We're way understaffed. Definitely. And it could be a little bit more efficient. Yeah. So, I feel like the I feel like the understaffed part is like how do we get more people to want to do nursing like to want to be a nurse or be a doctor because because you did your nursing at Kennesaw right mm-hmm. like you know how hard it is to get into nursing at Kennesaw yeah and to stay in and to stay in so like I feel I feel like that's a and I get it you want you want the best of the best I get mm-hmm. it but like you always getting the best of the best kind of hurts everyone else right yeah it does but <sighs> It's like you want them to be more lenient, but these are people's lives we're dealing with. These so okay, that's true, but at the same time, someone who's not good now doesn't mean they're not going to be good later. I get that, but I from okay, so nursing school we used to there's this drug calculation test, okay, and we take it and you have to get a hundred on it. Perfect score. Perfect score on it. Not, so, not a 99. Oh, no. Because they're like, <sighs> think about it. Or if she's like, oh, I got a 90, it's still an A. They're like, think about it. You get 90% of all the medication medications that oh, you pass snap. out right. So 10% of the times you're getting wrong and you can potentially kill somebody. So you need to get a perfect score. Perfect. Because, like again, these are people's lives. You could kill them. That's facts. You could do some serious damage to them. So, like, I get why they're so strict. But it's also hurting us as well because like we're understaffed. We're not a lot. We're not. There are not that many nurses. We need. We need nurses. We need nurses. But so then you guys are stuck. Like like you're you kind of stuck in a paradox. Like yeah, you need nurses, but you don't want like we need the best of the best because we need to. I mean, we can't. If we just let anybody into nursing, people be dying left and right. I'm not saying let anyone into nursing, but okay. So in order to get like, what's the bare minimum you need to get into Kennesaw's nursing school? See, Kennesaw's is like very simple, like compared to other schools. Like you didn't have to do like volunteer work or like get like recommendations. It was all about your GPA and the T's test score. So you had to make sure your GPA was like damn near flawless, like a three point eight or three point nine. Like 3.9. Not a 3.8? 3.8, you probably pushing it. Like fall semester, to get into like a fall cohort, cohort you would you can get like a 3.9. You have to get like a 3.9 and up. But like spring, I feel like they're a lot lenient in, for the spring cohort. 
Cause then they'll let them have, they can have like a three, eight and above and be okay. But like your T score has to be like flawless. So a three, nine, if I'm doing this math in my head correctly, cause I'm, I'm trying to, cause I can't, I ain't never seen my GPA over a three, two, like <laughs> <laughs> a three, nine means you probably made one or two B's your entire college career. If that, yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm wrong about that. Because before I got into nursing school, I had a three nine three, and I only made two Bs, and that was in labs. What? Yeah. Oh, so you're a genius. I wouldn't say that, but no, I, you gotta be. I you got a Kennesaw nursing. You had a three nine three. Yeah, I I'm I'm kind of dumb. I'm no, I'm really stupid. No. <laughs> I'm looking. I can't. I, I feel like I'm more book smart. I'm not the most. I'm. I, as you can see from this, I won't say I'm the most like articulate. Like I just don't know how to like put on. Nah, my, you're smart, bro. Put my words into like nah. action because like what nursing has helped me do is like be able to talk to people because like mm-hmm. I just I never knew how to like formulate my thoughts into like communication skills, good sentences. Like I just didn't know how to talk to people. Mm-hmm. But like it forced me up my comfort zone because not only mm-hmm. do you have to be book smart, but you also have to know to be have to know how to socialize and like mm-hmm. sometimes I just don't feel like talking, but like. Some patients be forcing it out of you. They just be talking, talking. You be like, yeah, yeah. I have a nursing voice, and then I have my regular voice. I walk in, hello, hi, my name is Adessa. I'm going to be your nurse for today. How are you? Code switching. We already know. <laughs> and like they, they'll eat it up. You're so beautiful. You're the sweetest little thing. How old? You can't be a day over eighteen. I'm like, no. I'm hey, man, get off my phone. I love the country folk, man. Get off my phone. <laughs> man, they're my people. Oh, they're the cutest. They really are the cutest. And, like, the ones with the thick accents. You'd be like, yeah. Oh, yeah, they was raised on red dirt. Like, they's, like, like they're not days. Ooh, I'm so. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they're super. Yeah, they're super country. They was raised on red yeah. dirt. Like, somewhere like in Albany or Statesboro or something like that. Or probably but like I actually, I do Dale. enjoy them. I enjoy them a lot. So. Um. Okay, so then we touched on, you know trying to get more people in there so how do you think it could be run better because you're a black woman right like yeah. I mean, well not right but you're a black woman you're an african black woman yeah and everyone knows the racism that be in the healthcare system yes. like every like it's like it's hard to deny it yeah like it's it's like even even i'm like yeah this is crazy because like our infant mortality rate for black women should not be that high even the mortality rate for black women given birth i feel like i feel like in america we should have like less than 0.01% cases of people dying. They really undermine like black people's pain because I'm going to give a good example about patients that come in for sickle cell crisis. Mm-hmm. They'll come in and you know, sickle cell people who have, deal with, have sickle cell, they've been dealing with all their life. So like they could be in pain, but they may not show it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so we have patients that come in with sickle cell crisis and like the nurse, they'll have like a, a PSA pump, which is a pain pump. So it's like cooked to an IV and they can press it to give themselves medication. On top of that, some, mm-hmm. you know, oral medication, pain medication that they'll get. And like there'd be nurses who be like, oh, how can he need all that pain medication and also have a PCA pump? Like this doesn't make any sense. He doesn't even look like he's in pain. But it's like this is something he's been dealing with all his life. And yeah. you don't know how a sickle cell crisis is really affecting. You just know that the blood inside their their bones is sticking together. Their bone, their yeah, it's just like sticking it together and just like clotting. Like they clot real easily, and it's just getting stuck in their bones. Mm-hmm. That's painful. It's almost like someone's like digging inside you, but mm-hmm. you can't like basically you can't stop it. You can't stop it. All the most we can do is give them pain medication, and hydrate them, really hydrate them, and like 
mm-hmm. a lot of nurses, especially the white ones, really undermine. Like they're like, oh, he can't be hurting that bad, or it's not that bad. Like we have patients that are African American, they'll come in for um, mm-hmm. car accidents, and you can clearly see they're in pain, and they'll be calling for pain medication. It's like, oh, she doesn't need it. I already gave her pain medication. You by you telling her she can't be in pain. I just gave her something. That's not the case. She's she is in pain. You just need to go in there and you know reassure her that oh yeah it's not time for the pain medication but I can you know give you something else a lot of the times I go in the patient's room and I find ways to distract them because if I can't give them their pain medication at time it's too early I will then do distraction techniques yeah they they can't sleep because they're in pain so I'm like okay let's talk about something let me bring my computer and let's I'll chart in here we can talk about whatever Mm -hmm. you want to talk about we can crack jokes we can talk about movies we can do anything mm-hmm. i can i if you want me to do a silly dance for you i can do a silly dance for you it's three o'clock in the morning it's my crackhead hours let's oh do man you the goat let's do something and they'll the, eventually like i'll la- laugh them till they tire and go to sleep yeah so you like, the goat. that's what's up you, there are certain things you got to do some patients come in like some black patients come in they're like already hostile because they're already like they're already on go they were like oh yeah i know mm-hmm. how y'all about to treat me y'all not finna treat me like this i feel you and so but usually they give me those type of patients because they're like, oh, yeah, like you're good at dealing with problematic patients. Oh, and I'm like, oh, they did okay. not say that. Oh, yeah. I, think cap, I probably would have been like, what do you mean problematic? Like, I, cause me, but it's um, not only black people. Like it's all types. Like I get like the prop older ones that they feel like are problems. Okay. The angry ones like we got. some. I, they gave me a Trump supporter one time, like a <laughs> avid like he had Trump. Maga. 2020 on Maga his, 2020. his room and they said oh no we can't take him this is the only one who can handle that <laughs> I was like build the wall I said what's happening I walked in and it was just a whole but I was like <sighs> they were like hello though I remember his pastor looked right past me and was like oh dang you already know like, what that means I was like I'm sorry I, 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 I know what I'm doing <laughs> sometimes but it's not African Americans aren't the only prop. They're not always considered problematic, but yeah. like I feel like a lot of things that they come in and it's just kind of brushed off. Yeah. And like you have to sometimes you even have to remind some of the other black nurses, hey, like don't feed into these stereotypes that these other people are telling mm-hmm. you. Like you got to know how your own black your own people are. Like you, yeah, some of them can be a little ignorant to some um, certain things, but you got it's your job to educate them. Yeah. Like we patients that get mad at me for not giving their pain medication. I'm like, but I just gave them something, and I do. I'll be like this, honey. I can't sedate can't you, you. For you. Yeah. Because if you go into respiratory depression, oh my gosh, yeah. I, I I don't know what I will do. <laughs> like I'll look at them, I'll make that face, and they'll start laughing. But I'm like, I'm serious. You cannot. I cannot knock you out. Yeah, I can't do that to you. I feel that. Like I feel because, and I feel like it has a lot to do with perception. Mm-hmm. Cause especially me being a black dude like i'm not that tall but like you look at me you're like dang this is a big dude like he's thick like he's <laughs> like he's you know what i'm saying like, like he has yeah he has muscle he's solid and i feel like when they ask me certain questions they're kind of saying like oh you really don't feel it like it doesn't hurt you that much because like you see me is like and I, and I feel like dark-skinned people get it a lot because you see like my brother i know i don't well i don't know if you really get it but i know when we used to go like get physicals and stuff they would like ask me questions. I'm like, why are you like, what does that, what does that have to do with anything? Like immediately off rip, like when you get the physicals, right? Like the first thing they ask me is like, do you drink? I'm like, you're not, you're not gonna ask his height, how much he weighs. Thank you. Like, you don't ask, do you take, like he has asthma. Like, you're not gonna ask none of these questions. Like the first thing you ask him is, does he drink? Cause he's a six, four black dude and he's dark skinned and he's like, what is that? 
why is that on top like of your we've list? been we've been private school catholic majority white our entire lives do you hear and we code switch we code switch in public yeah like i'm not gonna lie to you so we're talking with a proper accent we got like look at us like we we no criminal record no nothing and the first thing you're asking is like all the bad stuff like come on man like what is wrong with y'all like i, I feel, and to me sometimes it kind of annoys me because like when i get it they be like and the first thing they always always tell me is like oh you need to fix your diet it's like no i don't like i know what i'm doing with my diet yeah like i'm trying to get more i'm trying to be healthy get more muscle i'm not trying to be frail because i have heart problems like most of my friends they don't weigh over 120 yeah like a lot of my friends they're like my height but you know i blame it on the heart problems of course but they're like my height and they weigh from like 120 to 130 like they're they're frail people like you look at them you're like dang this dude's not gonna live past 50 i didn't want that for myself so as soon as i got out of my heart surgery in my junior year of of high school i was like i'm gonna start lifting weights eat nothing but steak chicken vegetables every now and then fast food i drink only water and like and then they check my blood pressure and they're like, oh my God, like your blood pressure is so good. I'm like, yeah. I'm taking care of myself. And you're talking about a diet, you looking at me. Like, yeah, I know I, like my cardiologist, he said, sir, did you know that you gained 10 pounds since your last? I was like, yeah. It's like, what are you, like, look at me, bro. That's the point. I'm like, look at me, bro. Like, come on, bro. You can see my arms. Like, I had like him like he was stupid. I was like, bro, <laughs> come on, bro. Like, you think I gained 10 pounds of fat? No, bro. Look at me, dog. You know, this is muscle. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So I actually had to switch doctors because he annoyed me because my doctor before me was uh, before him was actually uh, from Sierra Leone. Mm. His name was Dr. Metzger. And he was a cool doctor ever. He would be like, how you doing? You having fun? Blah, blah. And he had like the thick accent. Cause, yeah. you know, he was he was <laughs> FOB. <laughs> <laughs> oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. But I had him for years. But I had to switch. I tried to switch to um a doctor of color because like. I was getting annoyed with the, like, are you going to fix your diet or blah, 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 blah. And then we do the test and they're like, oh, never mind. You're good. Like, just don't weigh over 210 and you'll be fine for your heart. I'm like, I know. Like, it's, a, it's annoying me so much. Yeah, I believe it. I actually get really excited when I have African-American patients because I get to annoy them. Not, <laughs> ne- well, okay, not like that, but like, See, you you're know. causing that divide between African-Americans and black people and African. No, like. I, I not to annoy them, but like I get excited like when I have them because like okay like I get to I don't have to code switch. You get to be yourself. Yeah, I get to be oh, myself. Yeah. So like, and they don't look because when I come in trying to be like you know trying to code switch and be yeah. like they're looking at me like they be like you one of them, <laughs> you one of them. So like if I come in, I start talking normally. They're like, oh okay okay. Like we start being cool. And they're like, oh, how did you get them? Like, I could get a report that they were a hard patient. Like, they just had an attitude all day. Yeah. And I get them. And we cool. We've been cool all night. So I'm like, yeah, they're a great patient. I love them. I'm getting report the net that um, night again. They're yeah. like, oh, no. I like, how did you deal with them? Like, they were great for me. Like, yeah. you just got to be their friend. Like, you got to be cool with them, but still also educate them and take care of them the way they need to be taken care of. Yeah, like, just don't, like, I, I just don't like, because me personally, I don't judge anyone off how they look. At least I try not to. And if I do, I apologize. But I don't like being judged off rip. Like, I got the long curly hair. I got the muscles. They be like, dang, this dude look mean. Why he got arresting? Why he got arresting B-Face? Like, what's wrong with him? Yeah. Like, I hate that. Like, just talk to me like I'm not. I feel like so much racism in healthcare could be fixed if we just talk to people normal. Like, I feel like there should be a guideline. Like, you know how you, yeah. go, you go to a, you go to a restaurant? They say, oh, hey, whatever my name is, blah, blah, blah. I'll be serving you today. Can I get you drink orders? 
And then they come back with a drink or it's like, can I get you something to eat? Yeah. I feel like it should be like that in healthcare. Like it's I, supposed to be like what? Like it's supposed this? to be just some people just refuse to follow it that way. They want to do it and fix Fire it up them. their own way. Um, Fire those tend, people. I tend to code switch because of the way I look. I'm a young black girl and I have piercings everywhere. Yeah, and so I, I walk in those piercings. I kind of like it though. <laughs> I it walk in. Thanks. I walk in and I have to be like, hey, how are you? So they're not like, okay, who are you? Like, they're not looking at me crazy. I have braids, or I usually have a wig on my head. I walk in the room, my face is, my ears are, like, covered in piercings. I have nose piercing. And, like, I have jewelry all over the place. So they're thinking, like, this girl can't be serious. They're looking like, oh, she, I know she can't be serious. Like, this, what's she doing here? She's trying to play, like, <laughs> she playing dress up? Like, they're looking at me like, oh, like, sometimes they don't even, they look past me and, like, oh, where's my nurse? Like, I'll be getting a report in the room with the nurse. Stop playing. And they're like, oh, where, when's my night shift nurse coming? And I'm looking like, hi, I'm your night shift nurse. What? Hi. 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 They're like, oh, man, nice to meet you. I remember telling a patient that my, what my name was, and she's like, what kind of name is it? And her daughter was like, oh, my gosh. And what? I looked at her. I was like, yeah. And I can fire a patient. Like, I was like, oh, I don't want them. That's crazy. I, them. I just can't imagine. I can't imagine. I can't imagine someone taking care of me and being like, Ugh. like, yeah, you were finna control what's finna go in my arm. She was I'm like, finna be the nicest nice person to you. And I was like, <laughs> I'm finna buy you dinner. Make sure I live. I said, yeah. And the thing, it was crazy thing was I had the patient. I was supposed to there. It was a semi private room. So it was two yeah. um, patients in that room. And I had the patient on the other side. So I was supposed to have both of them. And when she said that, I was like, yeah, I don't want her anymore. So another nurse, I switched with another nurse and he came in. He was like, oh, I'm going to be your nurse tonight. And she's like, what happened to the girl? You were racist. <laughs> the thing, and then after she like, he told me that was what she said. So I came back in and I took care of her neighbor, and she was just looking at me crazy, like, "Huh? Maybe you shouldn't judge me off the like, way I look." I was shocked when I didn't see her. I was like, "I'm paying attention." I was like, "Hey, um, Miss Sonsa, are you you doing all right? Mama, you okay? You need me to get you anything? <laughs> I'm ignoring her. You need me to get you anything? You okay?" She's like, yeah, I'm great. I'm like, okay, just let me know if you need anything. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we shouldn't judge people, especially in, I feel like we should, especially in healthcare, yeah. like off the way they look, because like your how you look has no ability played into like how you can treat me. Yeah, like at all, black, white, tall, skinny, fat, bald, got longest hair in the world. Honestly, as long as you can make sure that I'm living by tomorrow. I don't care what you look like. Thank you. And it I feel like matter. everyone should think that way because like, did you hear that when uh, there was this, man, there was this case of uh, a black doctor like saving uh, a member of the Ku Klux Klan? I don't think I've heard about that, but yeah, it happened you get like, stuff like that. It like, happened like, a, like eight years ago or something like that. Like it was a while back, but he took care of it. And like when asked about it, he was saying he was like, well, like my job is to save lives. Exactly. Like we don't we don't take care of people based on their past. Like they could be substance abuse, um, um, substance abuser and all that stuff like that. But like we yeah. can't just be like, oh, we're going to treat them a certain way because they used to do drugs or they've killed someone or they're on police hold or they came from jail. Yeah. We can't. We just treat them like they're a normal person. Like I get a lot of patients like, oh, you treat me so well. Um, You've been so good to me. But like that's my job. Like. 
Yeah, like I'm literally trained. I'm. This is my job. Like I don't. I'm not supposed to be here and be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna just take you care of you any type of way because of your past. Your past doesn't matter to me at all. I'm here to do my job and take take care of you. Make sure you can go home and be safe. Yeah, that's that. I feel like that also plays into the racism part because, like, you know what you're saying right now. Like, I feel like that's how they see black people, and like, norm, and y- y'all know me. I don't even like to play the race card at all. Yeah. But in healthcare, like, it's so prevalent and it's so like it's so in your face that it makes you wonder how other people don't see it. Like, it drives me insane sometimes when I talk to people about it. And I'm like, bro, are you like for real right now? Like, you're like you're not even joking. Like, you're not even laughing. Like, you're being a hundred percent right now. Like, you mean to tell me that you see all these black women dying? And you don't think it's weird, like at all? Like, well, I feel like they have some underlying shit. No, bro. Please, let's not. Like, no, bro. Like, bro, you mean to tell me that? First off, black women give birth at a higher rate than white women, like on like a you know percentage scale. So yeah. it's like, if like, how can that be true, then, bro? Like, what are you talking about, my guy? Like, I never ever understood how black women can die in America. They just a lot of underestimating their pain and their symptoms. Like they'll just kind of like brush it off. Not all, all nurses like that, but there's some that are like they're just like. And you sometimes some of my coworkers, you I have to be like, hey, remind them like, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, well, like, I, I actually go check on them. Check on them. They'll be yeah. like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I, like, I, I hate when I see the, the the Twitter articles, and it'd be like, a uh, black woman said that she had abdominal pain. Doctor didn't listen. She died a week later. Not fathers left with three kids, and I'm just like, bruh. Crazy. When you when when someone tells you you're in pain, even if they're faking, even if they're faking, check it out. We have to. Like even if you even if you check it out and it turns out like like you know they're faking or it's a mental pain or whatever. At least you, at least you try. You, you did something. Like your patient saying I'm I'm having abdominal pain and you just in there like well I mean have you had a bowel movement yet? If you're not okay, then go sit down. You haven't. You need to assess their um, assess their abdomen. You need to at least let the doctor know that they're complaining about abdominal pain. See what any type of intervention you can do besides any type of pain medication, because you never know that patient could be bleeding out in their stomach. Yeah, I feel like we should, and because I thought it was because I talked about this on the first episode with Don. I think it's weird how you can't look up like people's stats. You know what I'm saying? Like for almost anything else, you can yeah. look up like when you want an iPhone, right? You can look up, oh, like, is this iPhone good? How long is the battery? Is the battery going to last? Who made it? Oh, Steve Jobs. Oh, he's smart. Oh, blah, blah, Apple. I feel like you should be able to Google, like, a hospital. And oh, then. They would not allow that to happen. I'm not saying Google, like, where you live or anything like that. Yeah. But I feel like there should be, like, your name and, like, how well patients like you and, like, how good you are at your job. And if you let people die under you or anything like that. I feel like, to me, like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, I'm not in healthcare. I might be stupid. A lot of that stuff is more internal. I would say hospitals like to protect their own until it's way out of their hand. Like, they can't. Is that dumb? Like, I feel like that don't make no sense. I I wouldn't say particularly, because sometimes it's, it's not the nurse's fault. It's not the doctor's fault. Things just happen. Mm-hmm. Um. Sometimes people do make some crazy mistakes with um, medicine. That's why I said doses calculation. You need to get it done 100 percent. A hundred percent. Because ninety nine percent or ninety five, you kill somebody. Um, but sometimes it's not your fault, and I get it because it's with it being understaffed, it, uh, things can happen. You're stressed. You're overworking people. Some of the units are only staffed because people are picking up. And with this COVID-19, because a lot of people are too scared to come to the hospital for 
even the minor things. Hospitals are not getting funding as um, they usually are. We're constantly spending a lot more money on PPE now because of the COVID-19. So there's, they're basically holding and pushing back or cutting people's hours. So people aren't working as they, like they should. So with they're not allowed, with us not working like we should, we're not allowed to pick up overtime. So the floors that were being staffed because people were picking up overtime for them to be staffed are now severely understaffed. So the whole system's messed up is what you're saying. Yes. So what do you think that we could do to fix the system? Because like I mean, you're I feel like the best person to ask is the person that's in it. So what do you think? Like how would like if you could if you could get a hospital, right? Like what would you like would you hire more women or would you hire more men? Or like would you hire like older people or younger people? Like how do we get more funding? Like like what do you think? Would be the best. I'd actually hire like a lot more like younger nurses, but we'd also have to have older nurses to train them because I mean, you know, it's so bad. We're so understaffed that we got new grads training new grads that what, what I refuse to take a a student. Like I can't a person who a new grad, I won't do it. Cause like, I just, I just, I just finished. What do you mean? Who am I teaching? I'm still learning every time I come to work. (laughs) Cause, I, cause, like, I know with my job, like, I do taxes, right? Like, all I do is numbers, like, all day, and I talk to people every now and then. But I know when I got hired, we have a manager, so we have like one manager, then we have like two team leads, and then like the team leads pretty much teaches the team. Yeah. Do you think like it should be kind of run like that? No, because really, as nursing is so like complex, you need one-on-one training. So you need one-on-one training. Yes. So you can't do like one-on-four or one-on-three. That's way too much. That's way too much. Because with one-on-four, it's only so much you can do with a group of people on one person. Okay. Because you really have to learn how to take care of a group of patients on your own. Like one-on-one training, it basically builds you to take care of a set of patients on your own. So So then the main thing is we just need to get more people into healthcare. Yeah. And there's no way to do that besides them wanting to be in it. Yeah. And you can't really force people to do something. If they look at the stats and look at how it is now, see how it's affecting even the healthcare workers, that's no one's going to deteriorate. Yeah. It's going to deter them from wanting to do that. Like my sister, she's in nursing school right now, and all she talks about, I don't know, I want to do this no more. Yeah. And, you and I'm like, kind of yeah, stuck. You should. We need people. <laughs> we need, but we really do need people. We need them. I, I feel like it's, it's such a. It's such a, like, I don't know, like, I'm kind of stuck because I didn't know it was that complicated. Like, I knew being a nurse was hard. Don't get me wrong. I knew being a nurse was hard. Like, I, I think that the hardest profession is probably healthcare, like me personally. Because you talking about, yeah, I'm a neurobrain surgeon. I'm like, bro, I can't even spell that. So you got it. <laughs> right, whatever you're talking about, bro. Like, sure, you, you cut nerves and, and cells and brains and stuff. So so then this, this leads me to my big question that I hope doesn't get me beat up. Do you think healthcare is a right? Or do you think is it like, or do you think it is a very, very, very special commodity? I think it's a, I feel like it's a right. Like I feel like everybody should have access to it because, like, why not? Like everybody, everybody has a body. Everybody has like Facts. needs, wants, and I feel like healthcare is a need. Like you need to. You want everybody mm-hmm. wants to live. Everybody wants to be their healthiest. So why not? 
Mm-hmm. We see so many people who are f- afraid to go to the hospital because of insurance. They don't have insurance. So, yeah, like, insurance. they have, like, the wildest underlying conditions. They have people who back to back to back, like, so many core morbid- morbidities. Mm-hmm. It's like, why haven't you come to the hospital before this? We have patients that have never been to hospital a day in their life. They come in and they're diagnosed with so much at one sitting. Jesus you come God. in, your A1C is 18. How? Are you still functioning? What, what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> oh, I don't have diabetes. You came in with the blood sugar 500. Yeah, you do. Jesus Christ. That's high, right? It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So then, like, what I... what Because my solution that I think will work for healthcare is if you make it a really special commodity, it gets easy. Like, it makes... It, it incentivizes people to go into healthcare and to be better healthcare professionals. Like, okay, like yes, I kind of do think it's a right, but I don't think it should be treated like a right because, like how you're saying, you're understaffed and you don't, and maybe not you specifically, but like y'all don't know how to bring in more people. Yeah. Like, let's keep it a stack. A lot of people are motivated by money. Yeah. If you could. Be like a doctor or a nurse, and I can tell you, like, yeah, bro, if you was a nurse, bro, and you was really good at your job, you can make two hundred k a year. Like, you would do that. I'd be like, what? You'd be like, what? <laughs> what? Like, what? Like, my brother went into sales solely because, like, when he was in college, it was like, yeah, man, you can make six figures in one year, and he did that. And he was like, and I asked about it now, he's like, bro, it's hard, but like, you know, that check be nice. Like, I like getting that check. So, so that. I feel like, yeah, it's a. I do really do feel like it's a right. But I really feel like if we treat this right like a commodity, it'll it'll be it'll, I feel like it'll fix so many issues. Like you'll get more you'll get better healthcare workers, you'll get uh patients who are like actually want to go to the hospital and patients who also like, you know, won't judge you. Yeah. Right? And they'll then be also more comfortable. Yeah, they'll be more comfortable. And then also I feel like it'll fix the funding issue as well. Oh, definitely. Because if you if you know what you're paying for. Right. And you guys could charge specifically for because you don't even know you don't even know prices. Right. No. Like you just do stuff like like you see a person having a heart attack. You're like, boom, needle or the shot pads or whatever. Get the bandages like you don't even know. And there are some people who actually don't even get like you were saying earlier. There are some people who don't even get health care because it costs so much. Yeah. Like I was I was reading this. I was reading this thing on on Twitter. um, And I don't know if it's true or not. They were saying that a bandaid at a hospital costs like 30 bucks. Not sure about that, but I just found out like one of the we have like saline flushes where we flushed IVs with. Yeah. Um. Someone told me they're about like twenty five dollars a pop, and that's basically salt water that you're using to. Uh, I feel like that's crazy. Flush out there. Um. I feel like that's insane. I feel like I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm not. Th- maybe I'm not. A lot of right. small stuff are very expensive. Like. Like a pack of band-aids, we could literally go to CVS and get for like four bucks. And we can get like 12 of them. Yeah. I just, I just feel like. I, I feel, feel like, like they're, it's more they're paying for like their service. It's like almost like, let me think. Okay. Wait. You could take a, let's say you're a photographer, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so I could take a picture by myself at home and it'd be free. Like. But for you to go out of your way and take the picture, it's like you're—it's the service that you're providing for that person. So mm-hmm. 
Yeah, like I do. Yeah. Try, like my prices do include like me myself personally. Yes. Because like I have packages where like it's just like okay, bet you want to just book me and here are just a Ross. There you go. And then I got packages like okay, well you want to book me and then you want to book the editing and then you want this many. Then I give you the specific price for this. Kind of like when you get your car fixed, right? Yeah. Like you can buy a tire. And you can buy a wrench. And, and you could stuff. do it yourself. And you could do it yourself, but ain't no one trying to do that. Thank you. So you go to the you go to the NTB, or you go to the Impala place, or you go to the you know wherever you want to go, and then actually you can actually call around and see who got the cheapest price. Thank you. Because I remember I was getting um my my uh, engine flushed, and at the actual dealership they were charging like two hundred. I called around. I got to NTB. They did the cheapest for sixty dollars. I feel like we should do healthcare like that. Oh, yeah, they won't do that. They, they, won't do that. they won't do that. But see, NTB only charges what they need enough to make a profit. Right? Yeah. Because like, it don't take them that long. Like They got a machine, whatever, blah, blah, blah. They do it. They All this stuff. And the dude's like, yeah, it take you like 20 minutes. And I'd be like, oh, shit, like, man, let's go. But your car dealership is upholding a brand. That's what I'm saying. So like, these hospitals have to uphold a certain brand or look. Okay. And so they have to be able to fund those looks. So if you want to go to a hospital that looks, you know, state of the art and is beautiful, then you have to So you're to paying be, for the details. Not even the detail, but also the staff that works there because they have to be able to pay their staff. If they mm-hmm. if you wanted someone to put a band aid on you, you wanted to put a, get a band aid for cheap, you could have gone to a CVS and bought that and slapped it on your arm for free. Mm-hmm. Um but you decide to go to the hospital to get that bandage on. And it's going to cost you some because they still need to pay their workers. Thanks. Because if they paid you, they made you pay as much as you would pay that for that bandage at a c- local CVS, how are they going to pay their workers? Mm-hmm. How are they going to pay to keep up their lights or their um, buy their equipment or buy all the um, supplies they need to take care of these patients? Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, met- these medications that we're giving some of these patients are expensive. Yeah, they cost like insulin costs like isn't like six hundred dollars like a bottle or something like three hundred dollars like a bottle. Yeah, it's like, like some crazy number. It's like even I know when I was younger taking my heart medicine, like thank God we had insurance because I was taking that every day from the age of like four to the age of when did I have my surgery fifteen. Mm-hmm. So that's eleven years. That's over a, a decade. Three hundred sixty-five over a decade. And luckily, you know, my dad and my mom, they get really good insurance. So, like, I don't think they actually, I don't think they ever actually ever paid anything out of pocket for it. But I know it wasn't cheap because it's cardiology. Like, it's, it's like your heart. Like, I feel like anything that has to deal with, you know, specific organs, especially like your heart, can't be cheap. No. So I knew what it was. But I mean, yeah, you could you could be right though. Like you, maybe we do just need more government funding. Like, yeah. I really don't know the answer because. I feel like America's biggest problem is diversity. Like it's easy for other countries to have a certain healthcare system and it works for them. Cause one, they only got like 30 million people, 20 million yeah. people. And it's all the same people. Like you go to Germany, you go to Norway, you go to Iceland. Like it's literally the same person. Like you see, a, you see a white dude with blonde hair and blue eyes. Like that's it. You go to like different countries in Africa or you go to the Caribbean but black you people. see the you usually see the same type of illnesses same, so you get like the same thing knowledge over. and you know mm-hmm. equipment on that specific, specific type of like thing. you know things but like here it's a lot of like different types of health disparities and different demographics that are dealt that have their own different types of um 
healthcare problems or comorbidities yeah. that affect them. So like you have to have enough funding to even like test or, you know, know how to treat those yeah, illnesses. Like, like we can go from a black person with sickle cell, mm-hmm. right? To a lot of younger white boys that have asthma mm-hmm. to black women with pregnancy yep. to Asian people with like backbone problems. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's so many things that when I hear people's, opinions on the healthcare i'm like you're right i'm like you're possibly right it could work but i feel like the diversity in america makes it so hard because you're saying well look at this country look at germany it works here yeah. i'm like yeah you're right it does work in germany you're absolutely right it does work in germany but u.s is a whole different but beast u.s is a whole different beast and then not only that we vary in age so much yeah. like you can't diagnose like a 30 year old with a knee problem is not the same as a 65 year old with a knee problem nope you got to do two different tests. You got to treat it differently because every patient is different. So every it's a lot of individualistic um, approaches when it comes to healthcare because of how diverse it is here in the U.S. And I feel like that's our biggest problem. And we don't know how to. I don't know the solution to it. Like, I really don't. Like, I have. I'm in it. I don't, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have no. I, I don't know the solution to it at all. And like, I just I'm glad that I was able to get your opinion on it because I really wanted someone who was way like I know maybe 0.01%. Yeah. I'm and just you, like I'm like a baby in it. Like I'm just like, "Hey, what's nah, up?" Nah, you're not a baby in it, so, man. Yeah, yeah. They still call me baby on my unit. I'm one really? of the youngest. They're like, "Oh, yeah, she's the baby. She's our baby." I'm like, oh, "Okay, I heard you." So, what are your future plans with with like are you trying to like get your master's PhD? I'm trying to get my doctorates. Um oh, snap. But yeah, you're a genius. Field that I'm like the approach I'm trying to go into go towards is I need a lot more experience. Before I go get my doctorate and go back to school. So I'm just kind of chilling and trying to find my way through nursing and seeing what I like. What's my, you know, my cup of tea. So if you have any advice for the, um, I mean, young anyone, but mainly the young women, and especially the young African women who are going through it right now, trying to be a nurse, what would you say before we close it out? Girl, this is only <laughs> the beginning. <laughs> she said, girl, I'm so sick. It's only the beginning. Um... Honestly, I would say a lot of these nursing professors or people who teach the prerequisites for nursing will try and tell you that you cannot do it. Don't listen to them. Don't even mm. try it. They're going to try and discourage you. I've had dealt with that, and I'm, I'm looking at them like, do you know who I am? Do you know what I can do? Mm, Don't talk to me any type of way. Keep talking. I'm not the one. Wrong. You got the wrong. You got the right plan. Wrong bitch. Take your time at the altar. (laughs) Don't try me. So like, just don't listen to them. They're going to be very negative. Very negative. Mm. Very very negative. And they're going to find look for any type of way to get you kicked out of the program or discourage you to not go into nursing. Don't allow them to say any of that to you. Don't listen to any of them because as of today, a lot of them are bitter. Mm. They're bitter. They're better. And there's, uh, to be honest, there's a, this is not for everyone to know, but I know some people. There's a reason why they're at, they're doing teaching. Oh, no. And not bedside. Oh, kiss lip. So, uh, when they talk to you, any type of crazy, just be like, ha, 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 take it with a grain of salt. That's Mm. all I'm going to say. Well, that was some good words of inspiration. Hey, thank you so much for being on here. Uh, Shout out your social media. If you want to, I don't want to Instagram, not Twitter. Instagram, not Twitter. Oh well, thanks for having me. Um, my, I, I guess I could do my IG. Um, IG is days underscore and underscore maze. 
um yeah that's it all right thanks so much for being on the podcast this was actually this was my top two that i wanted to do so much like, thanks i hope i didn't babble like an idiot no no no. you gave no like i think it's really good to get a personal story so people really know how it goes but thanks so much for being on you know you're a good friend and I hope thanks you, for having me yeah, yeah this is fun this is fun yeah just hit me up anytime yeah i haven't had had social interaction in a minute so I mean, <laughs> this is besides work <laughs> great <laughs> all right and we're out